0: Thank you.
1: the roses you have clothed in brilliant You give me everything, you give me everything, you give me everything I need. When I can't see, you lead me. When I can't hear, you show me. When I can't stand, you care. When I am lost, you will find me. When I am weak, you are mighty. You are ever-
2: you Lord for the opportunity to come together we love you and we're so thankful for the privilege to worship you as a group this morning and father we pray that you would just go with us in all that we do in the service and all that we do today in general we love you Lord and thank you in Jesus name we pray amen you may be seated
3: okay to applaud. Isn't that great? Wonderful. Thank you, Marty. Good morning. My name is Harvey, a very famous name. I was named after a rabbit many years ago. So, I have a question, a very simple question. Uh, where have you seen God this week? Let's share with one another. That's what this time together is all about. How did God? How did you see God this week? How did you share with God this week? Just raise your hand. <laughs> All right. Dad has something to say. I know. God bless.
4: Yeah. So so I saw God this week. This morning, um, turned on my computer for something else, and I saw an email from a friend of mine. Uh, you've heard a lot in the news about the war between Israel and Hamas, and just it's horrific, horrific. And uh, uh, and I heard from, got an email from Rula. Rula is a Palestinian Arab living in Nazareth, Israel. And uh, she and her husband are Christians. They they are leaders in the Christian communities uh, all across Israel. Um, and Rula teaches at the Nazareth. Uh, Nazareth Evangelical College and at Bethlehem Bible College. Bethlehem, by the way, is in the West Bank, so it's in Palestine. And um, she, I just read the headline, but it was enough to make me weep. It said, in all the horror and sorrow, the Sermon on the Mount is not silent. And there are Christians and in, in israel and in palestine who are trying to live faithful to jesus in those settings and and uh, sharon and i spent a week in their home uh in nazareth and so they're very dear friends to us and uh and i know personally uh, uh jews and christians and muslims who've been working for peace for decades, and and I'm sure their hearts are breaking, but I want you to know that because we see the news and it's all the all the violence on both sides, but we don't see uh, the people on the ground who are trying to make a difference in these very difficult times. And so, they're they're in my heart, and I that I see Jesus in in them trying to be faithful in those situations.
3: Thank you, Dad. I don't see any hands up. Oh, thank you.
5: <laughs> um, so about a couple of months ago, my boyfriend was taken to the hospital. He was in severe abdominal pain, um, and it was not a pretty sight so we get there we run tests everything and um, he got diagnosed with diverticulitis and they put him on antibiotics they send him home on antibiotics but he didn't seem to get any better he was still in rough shape then he went back to the doctor come to find out he had bacteria in his blood from the result of the diverticulitis and the antibiotics not working. And I work in the medical field, so that was really rough for me. I know what that could mean. And I had a lot of fear and worry and anxiety over that. And we put him back in the hospital. They did more testing and last week, one week ago, Saturday, He was still in the hospital and he had a really, really rough day. His um, fever shot up to 103, his blood pressure dropped. He got dizzy and fainted and fell. And again, I was overcome with worry and anxiety and fear because I didn't want anything to happen to him. And on Tuesday following that, they had released him home. And he is feeling better, but he's not out of the woods. He's on a pick line, giving himself 24 hours a day antibiotics for the next two to three weeks. And I'm just, I'm so thankful that God did come and pull him through the really rough time in the hospital. And that's where I see Jesus working. But I'm asking for prayer that Jesus continues to heal him and calm the anxiety and fear going on that he'll be okay in the end
3: amen Amen. anyone else yes
6: Well, I first want to introduce myself. My name is Brandon. This is the first time I've come here. And um, so the past few months, I've been real unhappy like at my job. So um, I think it was this week, my friend gave me a referral to his job. And this is something I've just been praying on and everything. So I believe on Wednesday, I got a phone interview with the recruiter and so everything went well. Uh, She told me that she would give me a call back next week about any other details. Um, While I was on the phone with my friend, she happened to give me a call back the next day saying that she wanted to set up an in-person interview. And I can already tell that um, this is a, a better job for me. This is something I will get in just all the manifestation that I've been doing and prayer to find a new job has been working. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh,
0: my name is Bo, and I knew that I'd been driving on borrowed time on our van, and I wasn't, paying, I wasn't willing to address any of the issues, you know, like the wobbling. And then you could see the muffler hanging a bit lower than what it's supposed to. And then when the temperature light starts to elevate, then you're like, okay. So um, Richie loaned me his truck to be, so I could take in the van, which was awesome because the boys got to sit in the front seat because it's just a, you know, and so they got their, they loved being in the front seat of this truck as uh, we brought it for a couple of days to get it fixed. Um, the mechanic at the shop, you know, when they call you and they're nervous about the cost because they're 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 weighing how much your vehicle's worth considered to the cost, but it, it it's it's worth a lot to us. So you know, we got it fixed, and um and then the next day, I get handed a check from somebody who or it, anonymously of just somebody seeing, and I all I can say is that it was just the Lord just kind of moving their mind towards me and this community and it nearly covered the total amount and it was just one of those days where you're just like okay you know life is hard right and life is beautiful and in the mix of it you can be living both of them at the same time so i i was praising god for just moments of like feeling seen feeling loved and loving the community who's who's like who sees things and wants to move toward them and honestly so it's beautiful thank you god
3: amen good morning
7: hi my name's katie so i saw a guy kind of in two ways so one similar to money um i just switched jobs i'm a teacher and so the transition is going really really well and that's definitely a god thing but So I um, am starting in DPSCD now, and so DPS is awesome, right? We have a lot of resources for our classrooms and things like that. But when it comes to things, teacher teacher needs and additional curriculum or whatever, there's not a lot of money for it. So me and the third grade teacher started a fundraising opportunity to buy additional curriculum, snacks, coats, things like that, that the district can't cover and um so we raised all the money we needed um this past week so that was really really a god thing like so awesome just seeing like and it was little just like a bunch of people gave ten dollar donations and we have we are fully funded to buy the curriculum and everything that we need for the kids so that was really really exciting and then there was one day i was just so overwhelmed. I was like, I don't think I can do this job. I had gotten to work at 6 a.m. And it was 8.30 p.m. And I was still there. And I hadn't eaten. And I was just exhausted. And I was really mad. And I was like, I can't do this. And then I went home, relaxed, slept, woke up. And I feel like it was a God thing. Because my mood, my energy had was shifted and there. And I had that burst of like, no, you can do this. Like, you're here for a reason. And I'm like, I know it wasn't my natural energy. So that was definitely a God thing for sure. So.
3: Thank you. Anyone else? Right behind me. Here we go. Hi.
4: Morning. Morning, everyone. So I woke up this morning like Jonah. I was kind of angry at God. I was kind of feeling the weight of the world. I was asking myself, why me, Lord? And I don't need to go into the details. There's nothing unusual. But coming here today and hearing, so why would I let worries steal my heart? Thank you for listening to the Holy Spirit today. And then I hear Dan say, the Sermon on the Mount is not silent.
6: Thank you, Lord.
3: thank you anyone else
8: hi well i just took a trip back to st louis missouri with my daughters because um uh it was a high school reunion kind of a thing and um it everything went well it was amazing but we got off the plane last night our luggage was not on the carousel. And we we're like, Oh, my gosh. So the one daughter and I started praying. And my daughter went to the or one granddaughter and I prayed, my daughter went to the luggage baggage place and they said they kept telling her it's on carousel five, the computer says, she said, we've been to carousel five, it's empty over and over and alicia and i are praying in the background Oh, the lord jesus and um it turned out that because my granddaughter's in a wheelchair we have to let the whole plane empty before they come and bring a special transport chair to take her off that all takes like 20 minutes or more and because of that everyone else had gotten their luggage and the luggage people saw these four suitcases and said, I guess they're not coming. She said, we thought you weren't coming. Now, why would you not come and get your... So my daughter said, where would it go? Well, we have maybe it's in the back. And she said, could you go check? Well, I'm telling you it's on Carousel 5. She said, Carousel 5 is empty. It's not even moving anymore. So I went back and... Alicia and I are praying, and they walk out with our four suitcases, and we're thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. You know, everything had been so good. Uh, my debit card got hacked while I was gone, that was one thing, but um, my daughter was able to pay for things. And, um, but, you know, so there were a couple of glitches. Everything else went fine, and my dearest friend in the whole world is on hospice care now. And she's two hours from St. Louis. So my daughter and I drove there and spent a couple of hours with her. She's in bed. I was, you know, really concerned, but uh, and I don't think um, I'll ever be able to see her again. I think that was it, but but anyway, the Lord it was with us and it was just so many, you know, my daughter called an Uber. She had arranged for a big SUV. We had a wheelchair. My grandma, my walker, all this luggage, and four adults. And they, Uber said, Well, we only have a medium sized car. And my daughter said, she, He said, it won't hold a wheelchair. And she said, what do, you, what do you mean it won't hold a wheelchair? We all take the wheelchair. No, they said that won't work. She said, I have paid top dollar to get a big SUV, and you're telling me you don't have one? Well, uh, anyway, pretty soon a a guy rolls up with a huge SUV. My daughter had paid a lot of money to do that, but we got it in and and we got home. (laughs) So there's always, you know, things, but the rest of it went really smoothly. And I'm thankful for this opportunity. We, um, every couple of years, my daughter has taken me back. And I don't know that we'll do that again, but, um, we, we got to do it this time. Oh,
3: thank you. Okay, a uh, couple more things. Um, I, I got to tell you, I feel fantastic. I feel fantastic. Uh, not because Michigan won. <laughs> that doesn't count. But I have, been, I have been so blessed. God has been so good to me. Uh, not only because of my beautiful wife of 63 years, uh, my beautiful daughter, Dea, who is now lives just a few miles down the street. Uh, so I praise God every day that uh, He has included me in His salvation, and uh, so I praise God every, every day. Uh, one last thing, I was on the internet, I said it right, the internet. I don't have, you know what, I don't have a clue what that is. I I don't know. Anyway, a very famous poet back in the 18th century wrote nine words that mean so much to people. What comes from the heart goes to the heart. And what did he mean by that? He meant that if I have a problem with somebody and I said the wrong things and did the wrong things, but I want to get that relationship back. If I talk to that person from the heart, not from the mind, but from the heart, those things that I say will go to their heart and forgiveness is there. So if you have a problem with somebody, say it from the heart, God will know that. And that person will know that you are talking from the heart, Pastor. I don't know how to get off. Is there another song or something? I don't have. I don't have a thing in front of me. What's going up? Marty, got M- Marty's got another song. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs>
2: You know, I work in an industry that requires uh, some pretty hefty people skills. And all the training, we do training a lot. And all the, every training that I go to talks about how you need to use the client or the customer's name. It makes them feel seen, makes them feel known, it makes them feel heard, it makes them feel special. And I am thankful that God knows my name. I believe with all my heart that our names are written on his heart and that he sees every tear that falls. He sees every hurt that we go through. He sees all of our burdens. And I'm just so thankful this morning that he knows our name. Let's stand and sing this song.
9: Hey, good, good morning, everyone. My name's Greg, and welcome to Genesis. We're so glad you're here today. Please take a moment to let us know you're here uh, by filling out either the digital connection card on our website or the physical green card in your pew. If you're new to Genesis, you can text new to Genesis, that's all one word, uh, to 9400. Uh, this next one's in quotes, so I won't ad lib. Um, but uh, November 12th, following this Sunday service, Our brains are a beautiful but baffling wonder that God has created. Join us as we look at how ADHD and neurodivergence can be just another aspect of that beautiful design. Whether you're wondering for yourself, curious about your child, teaching or serving, this will be helpful for anyone and everyone. By making small adjustments for neurodivergence, we will find that it actually helps everyone. So come, be open to learning from our speaker and psychotherapist, Drew Yankee, and be ready for good discussion. There'll be lunch provided and childcare available. Uh, There's a $10 registration fee for this event. So that's November 12th, following the service. We wanna change the world through creating spaces of belonging, through helping individuals identify and develop their calling through taking action for the good of others. Uh, One space of belonging is small groups, Uh, So next week we will start our fall emphasis entitled All Inclusive, and there will be a weekly small group component. So if you've never done small groups or you're an old hat at small groups, uh, there's a sign up table in the back um, in the lobby. So please sign up there or let us know on the digital green card. If you're interested in hosting or leading a small group, uh, you can talk to Nate or Bo or write it on your green card. in a couple weeks, uh, we're gonna have a New to Genesis meet and greet. That's Sunday, October 29th from five to seven p.m. Uh, this is a chance to get to hear what Genesis is all about, eat together and connect with pastors and others. And me and my wife will be hosting this at our house. So please come. Are you looking for a way to tangibly help reach the next generation? There's an opportunity to partner with Andy and Maddie Marshall, who work with the missionary organization crew at University of Detroit Mercy. Please contact Maddie if you can provide a snack or a meal for a college Bible study, or you can sign up for uh, uh, one of the sessions on the Meal Train link in the eBlast. Thanks for considering. And that's all I got. So we're going to release for connection time. Please talk to someone near you.
10: in her calendar.
4: She's so yeah, like, it will be. Okay.
11: Check. All right, let's get going. If you can wrap up your conversations. Good morning. Well, this morning we're going to wrap up our series on the core values of Genesis. And so um, Nasha, who's one of our elders, will be sharing on love and action, and then I'll be sharing on mending the world. So let's give our attention to Nasha, and uh, Lord, give us ears to hear what you have to say, and give us hearts that are willing to receive that, to be affirmed, to also be challenged by you, and so we ask for hearts that are ready to encounter you thank you for being with us thus far in this time and so we know you'll be faithful to speak continuously to your glory Amen. amen nasha
10: Is this better? Yes. Hey, so it's me again. My name is Nasha. I'm an elder here at Genesis. You saw me a couple weeks ago. Hopefully today will be a little bit of just as interesting and you'll take something from it. So the scripture we're, or not scripture, the value we're talking about today, it's a little loud and I don't know, I'm getting feedback. It might just be my ears, the way they're set up, okay. Um, is love in action. That's okay. So we're gonna read this together. God loves people and so we love people. We show God's love in the world through action, born of compassion. Without judgment, we seek to embody the love of Jesus Christ through tangible acts of kindness, care, and service to others. That's easy, right? I think so. So like I said, last time I was here, I understand things better when I dissect them. So we're gonna do some dissecting and then move into the actual, what does this look like? So just the title itself, Love in Action. Love, everybody know what love is? Do we think we know what love is? So the definition, quality or feeling of strong and constant affection for and dedication to another, okay. So I love my children, I love my husband, but I also love tacos. It's kind of a big difference, right? Action, the fact or process of doing something, typically typically to achieve an aim. So we're, this is saying we're gonna have a quality or feeling of strong or constant affection for the dedication to another by a process or fact of doing something. Love and action, right? But then we have the word compassion because this action should be born out of compassion, which is sympathetic pity and concern for the suffering or misfortunes of others. Now, when I heard that definition, I was like, but when I'm exhibiting love and action it's not necessarily for someone who is the lowest of the low and the downest of the down and needs everything, it can be extending grace, which we'll define in a minute, when I wanted to use, you know, $5 words in the situation, right? It can be for my friends who probably are not the lowest of the lowest and the downest down, who just happens to be going through something and I visit them and spend time with them. So, Compassion, even though they're strong words with pity and sufferings and misfortune, it can just be like they're not doing so well right now. Right? And then embody, this is not a word I use ever. So when I looked it up, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, you know how you know you know something, but then you read the definition, you're like, oh, I was right. So embody, to be an expression of or give in a tangible or visible way. This can be an idea, a quality, or a feeling. So we seek to embody the love of Jesus Christ through a tangible, and that's the Latin for touch, in an actual way, a way that can be seen, it can be displayed. So now that we broke it down, let's read it back. Love in action. A quality or feeling of strong or constant affection for the dedication to another uh, by doing something typically to achieve an aim. God loves people, so we love people. We show God's love in the world through a process of doing something typically to achieve an aim, born out of sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. Without judgment, we seek to be an expression of or give in a tangible or visible form, acts of kindness, wait, wait, I skipped the whole part, the love of Jesus Christ through touch, acts of kindness, care, and service to others. How many people in this room would say they're doing that? Honestly, how many people, raise your hands, I wanna see, how many people think they're doing that? I think more hands should be up. It's not that hard. Love and action. So my next portion of this, everybody understand love and action has the value, right? If you don't, let me know. I can go over a couple more definitions. I wanna make sure we all get it. Love and action. How many people in this room are perfect? (laughs) Wait a minute. I saw a hand. None of us are perfect. All of us do everything the way we're supposed to do it, every single person. None of us are perfect. And even understanding that I'm not perfect and no one I know is perfect, no one that I personally know is perfect, God still loves each and every one of us. It was said, I think when we first started, um, we're all a masterpiece even in our imperfections. And to me, that is grace. So defining, I love definitions. I don't know if you knew this, I grew up (laughs) practicing Catholic and I went to Catholic school my whole life. So every time we have vocabulary words, we always had to define them. And it would be 20 words with 20 definitions. And I loved getting a dictionary, because that's my age, I couldn't go to Google. There was no Google. And looking at the word and defining it. And if there was words in there that I didn't understand, I would define those words. So that's probably why my brain works this way. And it helps me just understand better. So grace, grace is the basis for the Christian faith. We believe we are saved by faith through grace. God's grace is usually defined as undeserved favor. How many of us appreciate God's grace? I know I do. Hands, yes, y'all get it. <laughs> grace cannot be earned. There's nothing we can do that will allow God to give us more grace. It cannot be earned. We can't earn God's grace. He gives it to us freely. He, it, because we are his masterpiece, because we love him, even in our imperfection, he still extends to us grace. We count on God's grace and the bridge he built in our relationship with him. So because I have relationship, because I love God, and all my "becauses" don't even count, but because I am his child, he extends grace to me. In the Old Testament, if we think about this in biblical terms, the last time I was up here, I totally forgot to mention the scriptures, so I made a point of writing them down. So Shane, do not share that screen, okay? So in the Old Testament, there are a lot of examples of all the things people couldn't do, right? And one of them was in Leviticus 21, 16 to 20 through 23, and it's a list of things that God had told Moses to tell Aaron to tell the people. So that's telephone, right? Couldn't be lost on interpretation, but I believe what the Bible says, that all these things made people unclean. And then if you touched anyone who had any of these things going on, then you in turn were unclean. We talked about tangible things, which is touch, right? But then in Matthew 8.13, there was a leper, and he asked Jesus to touch him because no one had touched him, and Jesus did it. Jesus was showing love in action. Jesus healed him through that touch. Throughout the Bible, I couldn't even look up all the scriptures. There are so many examples of love in action. One of the big ones that I'm sure everyone knows the story is John four, four through 45 with the Samaritan woman. What was going on in that day because the Bible is a historical book, They weren't even supposed to talk. He especially wasn't supposed to talk to a woman. She was alone and she was a Samaritan. And he had a full-blown conversation with her. He talked to her, he engaged with her. All these things he wasn't supposed to do because he did what? He was extending grace. That was love in action. She probably didn't even know she needed to hear that, but he did it because that is what you do all the things that god does for us and the one thing he wants us to do is to show love and by showing love often it means we're extending grace because absolutely no one is perfect so if god can extend grace to me and all of my imperfections and i'm going to use me i'm not going to say us i know my imperfections i don't know yours (laughs) if god can extend grace to me I then should be able to extend grace to someone else. Even if, I don't know if I should say this, even if I don't see someone as a masterpiece, that's not my call. God charged me to love. And in that love, often it's extending grace. And these don't have to be these huge things. How many people have ever gotten poor customer service? that was a tangible expression of frustration how many people have gotten bad customer service and what do you want to do when you you're done with that situation I call them those five-dollar words you want to go off you want to call someone's manager you want to talk to someone else and I may have said this before but there was a couple years ago when I was having really really serious issues with some furniture delivery And I had all the words, every single, I knew exactly what I was gonna say. And instead of saying what I I thought I wanted to say, I told this woman on the phone to have a great day and thank you so much for helping me. And I'm sitting there like, no, no, I don't, no, I don't wanna say that, I wanna use my words. I went to my friend's house next door and I told her all the words I wanted to say, like verbatim, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, and I didn't even say them. And she said, cause the Holy Spirit caught your tongue. And I was like, man, why can't I just use my words? That is grace. And I didn't even know I was doing it through me. That person experienced God's love cause it was not mine in my human form. And that was grace. So, we understand what grace is, right? Good, because I lost my definition. (laughs) Undeserved favor cannot be earned and is given freely, which takes us back to the love, strong, constant affection for the dedication to another. How freeing would be just to love people. No strings attached, no agendas, just love. And extend grace, because we get it all the time. And to me, that's love in action. We do it here at Genesis through the Community Cafe. We do it in a lot of the activities we have. Um, We have humble designs. That is love and action. We are tangibly doing things to help someone who might not be doing so well. When you, when we do meal trains, love and action. When we have people at our homes just for dinner and food, that is love and action. A lot of times when things like that happen and people show up that you may not have expect, I think it's because they needed to be there. And this was the opportunity for them to be there. And you mentioned that you're so glad you came because you woke up in a frustration and you heard things today that was God showing you favor, right? We heard examples of that in all of the testimonies. And I'm not sure if you guys know this, but when we've been doing these every week, we are not sitting at a table deciding what we are talking about. This is the Holy Spirit moving all of our conversations. What I wanted to talk about today is not on my phone. It is at home on my table. (laughs) And when I got here and realized I didn't have my notes, I was like, oh, wait, but I think I want to say this instead. And I think I want to say this instead. That is nothing but God saying, this is what people need to hear today. Because I promise you, if it wasn't for these notes when I got done, I wouldn't remember anything I said. So let's all go be awesome. Let's all go rock this out. Let's continue to show love in action. Like Harvey, do love. He is love in action. To me, he is the embodiment of who we have here of love in action. He does all the time. He extends grace. He gives of himself freely. He loves. We should all try to be just a little bit more. Do one thing every day to Amen. extend grace. If it's just one thing, extend grace to one person a- and it'll feel so good, you will just make it a habit. Amen. So I'm done now.
3: <laughs>
10: Thank you and have a great week.
11: Thank you, Nasha. Well, so the final core value that we want to talk about is mending the world, and it holds hands with love and action. So it's on the screen. It says, Mending the World. You can read this with me. God is mending the broken world through Jesus. We join in God's work to bring justice, reconciliation, mercy, and peace upon the earth until Jesus returns in ultimate triumph over brokenness. So Genesis chapters 1 and 2 give us a creation narrative, or our origin story, if you're a Marvel fan. And it reveals God's intention for the world to have been good and pleasing. Meaning that after creation, God said, This is good, and I'm pleased. The biblical narrative places this in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, Then God looked over all that he had made, and it was excellent in every way. This state of goodness or excellence. Or pleasing lasted a whole two chapters in the Bible Amen. by the time we get through Genesis chapter 3 everything has broken down Amen. and this brokenness represents the whole rest of the Bible narrative The brokenness of the world is represented in Genesis chapter 3 as humanity's relationship with God breaks, and it's marked by hiding and by untrusting, and humanity's relationship with each other breaks, and it's marked by blaming. She made me eat that. And humanity's relationship to sexuality and to intimacy breaks. And they're marked by shame over their nakedness. And God says, Who told you you were naked? And humanity's relationship to work and vocational purpose breaks. And it's marked by now there will be sweat. And now you will toil to work the ground. Amen. And in Genesis chapter 3, humanity's relationship to health and healthiness breaks. It says, you will now experience pain. Amen. For what? For the days of your life, which means now we enter the possibility of death. Amen. And humanity's relationship to ecology and the environment breaks in Genesis chapter three, and it's marked by the introduction of thorns and thistles in the ground. And lastly, humanity's relationship with Eden breaks. Genesis chapter three says, so the Lord God banished them from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. Everything broken away from the intention of Genesis chapter 1 and 2, the good of God. And this brokenness was not the design. Therefore, just as the world even being considered good came from God's opinion of it, so also the brokenness of the world has come from God's opinion of it. And so the Bible, then, is this documented journey of God's movement to mend the world. And the unfolding of those ways in which humanity said, how do we get restored to one another? How do we get restored to you? How do we treat the land? We know as Scripture. God's work to reconcile has been documented over history. And for a season, this mending of the world involved practices of sacrifice. This too was documented and shared from generation to generation. And this is part of the origin story of Judeo-Christianity. And at some point along that timeline, if you continue to read the Bible, we come to John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, John the Baptist is doing his thing in the water, and it says the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the world's sin. It's kind of like there's the meta sacrifice that will mend our broken world. Amen. Jesus is God's mending of the world wrapped in flesh. And so when I read this value, there's two big ideas that converge for me. The first one is this that the world we live in is indeed broken. And secondly, that God has been actively mending the world. And that Jesus is our perfect example of how to join. Jesus' teaching of love your neighbor as yourself is the most basic application of this value. Some, Some of us should write that down or take a picture of it. Jesus' teaching of love your neighbor as yourself is the most basic application. Jesus' love for the marginalized, those separated from access to God, and those separated from access to community. Jesus' model of refusing to pursue power in order to rule it over others. Jesus' consciousness and spirit of siding with the lowly that could not further him in his class or in his status. Jesus' intentional moving beyond social, religious, and ethnic barriers in order to bring healing and reconciliation. Jesus' willingness to confront powers and systems that exploit and oppress other children of God. So we have to ask the question how do we know what around us is unjust or needs reconciling or mercy or peace? And my response is that it is simple that we follow Jesus' example. A good place for us to start is to pray how Jesus taught us to pray. As prayer will shape, then, what we desire. The prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. This value starts with a basic agreement that the kingdom of God is good that God's intention in creation is good and that God still desires good for all of the created order. So then we should be considering this, is this a common good for all? And if so, how then do we work toward pulling this portion of the kingdom of God into now? A good litmus test for us would be to ask the question, would I want this for myself? This is what it means to walk around a little bit in the love your neighbor as yourself. Would I want this for myself? Do I want to experience what this other child of God is experiencing? Do I want to be treated the same way they are? Do I want to be talked to the same way they are? Do I want to be talked about the same way that they are? I'll give you a meta example. The US has a history of racism and discrimination with regard to land ownership. The withholding of the opportunity to own land has affected the transfer of wealth, call it what it is, though, lack of wealth, from generation to generation. I remember learning about this in my real estate studies, and then learning about how we fixed it, 1968 Fair Housing Act. It was implemented to protect people from discrimination when they're renting or buying a home, getting a mortgage, seeking housing assistance, or engaging in other housing-related activities. And I remember sitting in that class and feeling relieved that we had solved that issue. Thank you for laughing. (laughs) Naive and white-privileged. Lifetime renters in urban centers struggled to even qualify for mortgages because their lifetime of renting was not reported to the credit agencies. This type of wealth has been withheld from minority groups, specifically people of color. Ultimately, if you can't get a bank to give you a mortgage, you can't buy land. Since 1944, the GI Bill has helped qualifying veterans and their family members get money to cover all or some of the costs. While the GI Bill's language did not specifically exclude African American veterans from its benefits, it was structured in a way that ultimately shut the doors for 1.2 million black veterans who had bravely served their country during World War II and returned home and could not get financing to buy a home. Currently, we're nationally and locally faced with an affordable and attainable housing crisis, let alone trying to redeem a Section 8 voucher. So we've had this awareness come up amongst our church leadership, our pastors and our elders, and we've been asking God, how do we respond to that? What does thy kingdom come look like in this situation? How might we love our neighbor as ourselves with regard to housing? So over a number of years, we've conducted an efficiency study to see if we could leverage our own land here toward developing housing. It's not proven to be the direct opportunity before us right now. But we're actively working to find out how do we leverage what we've been given towards those who it has been withheld from. Other examples in our community of mending the world because our heroes are among us Hannah Hoskins and her work in reducing food waste and feeding the world. Roy Yankee and his work with reconciling pastors and their communities. Greg and Angela Sanders who sacrificially love for the good of their extended family. All who host small groups in their home making spaces for people to belong and connect and confess and heal and grow. Marty and Dan creating a group for marginalized people to belong and to be safe. Love wins. Allison and her amazing team and their all hands on deck approach to the warming center. Sharon Buttry. In her community advocating to address ecological brokenness and pollution in Hamtramck and Detroit. Bill and Sandra, who stock their classrooms with school supplies for students who don't have them. Jill Sykes and her connection to humble design, doing the work of preparing homes for families in transition. And the last one I think I have a picture of. Sophie, Macy, Emily, Lauren, Mabel, and Harvest, who are working to support the Animal Welfare Society. You can hit their little basket on your way out. <laughs> all mending the world, all in these little pockets, in the pocket that you're in, mending the world. And the last part of this value is so important Our value states that Jesus will return in ultimate triumph over brokenness. That good state, that pleasing state of the Genesis origin story is restored at the end of the Bible in a vision in the book of Revelation where it says that God's reconciling all things and making all things new. And so this idea of mending the world is actually the whole arc of the scriptures. And until that day, when all is made new, God is faithful to mend the world and is inviting us to join in. And we receive our encouragement to participate by telling the stories of where we see it. Let me pray. God, we, we long for your kingdom to come, and so we start there. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Allow our hearts to align with yours, Allow our resources and our capital and our influence and our relationships, may they all be available to you, to your kingdom and to what you are doing. And as we enter in to receive from Jesus, may that receiving translate into action. And so we ask for your kingdom to come, even in this moment. Amen.
0: Thank you, Nate, and thank you, Nasha. I'm going to invite Bill and Sandra up to help with communion and Petey as well. And we're going to take communion now together. We're going to do this with receiving it today. We try to practice this central act of worship in a number of different ways. And on the third Sunday, we practice in this way when we invite you to come and to receive these elements. And here in a minute, we'll have you dismissed and have you come along the sides. Uh, If you can't come along the side, we will bring it to you. So we'll bring those elements. As everyone's come through, we'll walk around, just raise your hand and we'll get those elements to you. Um, Everyone is welcome to receive this. That last value talked about um, certain things that until Jesus' return, right, and when everything then is mended. And so we engage all of our values about us engaging in a certain life until we breathe our last or jesus returns even this act right now is an act that says we proclaim the death of jesus until he returns we do this through eating and drinking of taking this whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes now we're not just talking about some facts that we're proclaiming what 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 everyone who was trying to understand what happened when Jesus was crucified the messiah was handed over was betrayed died buried and rose from the dead was a demonstration of love and it has rocked the world since then it is an Love in action. It is a mending the world. It is all the values lived out. This was a tangible act of self-giving love through Jesus's death and resurrection. And we're proclaiming that and we're receiving it. And so as we come to eat, we remind each other regularly when we do this of the simplest fact of this, of these elements, that it is God welcoming you saying, I welcome you and I want your company. And not only is it God welcoming you, it's God welcoming everyone in here and wanting their company. And not only is the inclusive love of God even beyond that, it's God welcoming every enemy of yours and wanting their company. And we welcome them as well. And so we invite you, come and receive come and hear God's welcome of you and in your eating and drinking is in a way all of us saying, oh God, we welcome you and your love. We welcome that gift. That's the simplest way that we put it and we will continue to welcome that love and proclaim that love until Jesus returns. We will continue to live out these values with the help of God until he returns being fueled by the life of Jesus. So church, we invite you. Marty's gonna play a song for worship that we do. Let me pray and then we invite you as you're ready, if you wanna come down the side of the aisles, we'll tear a piece of bread. You can grab a little cup of juice. Once you receive them, you can eat them immediately. Feel free to eat them whenever you would like. But Father, we, in the same way that Jesus, when He invited His friends around that table, He gave thanks to You for Your provision. And so, God, we thank You for the bread. We're thanking for Your provision. We're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for these elements of life that You give us. We're thankful for Your body. And we're thankful, God, for the wine, the juice, Your blood. The the recognition that sins are forgiven, that you have the authority to forgive sins, and you say it, your sins are forgiven. And we eat and drink and recognize the welcome that you have for us. So thank you, God. Receive our welcome of you and fill our bodies anew that we might live your life and your power and your strength for the rest of our days. Amen. And so church, we invite you to come and to receive communion.
1: Music of the spheres. This is my father's world. I rest me in the thought of rocks and trees, of skies and seas. His hand though. This is my Father's world, the birds there
0: God bless you guys. It's good to be together, whether your first time or your 150th time. It's good to be together. We need each other as we need God. Uh, Starting next week, we're starting a new teaching series and and discussion conversation. It's called All-Inclusive. We feel it's something that God has been continuing to press upon us that is unique to this body. And as Nasha was letting us know, meanings of words are really important. What does that mean and how far does it go? Join us for six weeks as we give language and we allow you to give language to it as well. Because we believe this is who we are. We believe God has marked us as an inclusive community and we're gonna help each other understand about what that means. Uh, But you will be shaping this, informing this through your discussions, your conversation, your language, your gifts and strengths. But uh, we're excited to kind of, we think it's good and we think it's needed for the world. And so that's starting. So join us next week if you haven't, if you want to get in a part of a a group and have discussions and be with people and, and talk, you can sign up for that still. We'd love you for to be a part of it. May God bless you and strengthen you as you go may God's love and action pour upon you and may it spill out of you. May you see the mending of God in this world and as you do not see it and you ache, know that our God aches and may we say his kingdom come. Amen. Have a great Sunday.